Hi, it's good to be back. This is Danny Klein Modisette, and I'm welcoming you to the Afterbirth Podcast, where we feature real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Today we're playing a story from the most recent Afterbirth show in March, and it features our Afterbirth regular, Christy Callahan. It's called The Dinosaur Universe. It was recorded at the M-Bar in Hollywood in 2012. Please give a warm welcome to Christy Callahan. When my son Cal was in second grade and my daughter May in kindergarten, a whiff of freedom was in the air. Cal had been an unusually attached toddler and the Vulcan mind meld we'd both enjoyed had finally severed. And May, always capable and independent, asked for her very own apartment in Santa Monica for her sixth birthday. <laughs> they loved us, but they had shit to do. And so did I. And by that, I mean buying stuff on Amazon and checking awfulplasticsurgery.com without guilt. <laughs> Unfortunately, I hadn't anticipated the freedom-killing black hole that comes with second grade, real homework. Out of frustration, I experimented with letting Cal go it alone, but I realized, given a choice, he would never, ever, ever, ever do his math homework on his own, ever. I worried that if I didn't force him, he would be branded an underachiever. Then, as time went on, he'd demand less and less of himself. And by high school, he'd get busted for doing bong hits in his friend's van before Spanish 101, which he's taking for the third time, and eventually end up living in our garage at age 32, working as a dog walker, and taking improv classes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We'd love having Cal around, especially with Mayoff at MIT. <laughs> but why not aim just a little bit higher? So throughout second grade, I oversaw Cal's homework like the plantation overseer in Roots. <laughs> Hovering and wielding threats to the rebellious slave boy. When it came time for the penultimate homework event of second grade, the Dinosaur Art Project, and all parents were commanded not to interfere in any way, I felt liberated. On his own, Cal chose to create a dinosaur universe out of Sculpey modeling clay, even though a shoebox diorama with a single T-Rex would have sufficed. I felt simply virtuous, as I said, and did Nothing. Did I manage his ambitions when his plan included a working volcano? No. Did I inject logic when he chose as a platform two 24-inch plywood squares held together with scotch tape? <laughs> N-O. Just an aside, I'm always amazed by the near magical powers my kids ascribe to scotch tape. A limited product at best. <laughs> and full disclosure, I did drive Cal to Blick four times to buy him copious amounts of Sculpey, which is priced per ounce somewhere between nickel and uranium. 
<laughs> you all know. This shit's expensive. <laughs> but that's all I did. The final product was a weird and wonderful world with dozens of dinosaur-like creatures. <laughs> a huge volcano-ish mountain. And a jungle-inspired green area in the corner. One dinosaur was a simple block of Sculpey with a feather on top. <laughs> and one of Cal's baby teeth lodged <laughs> where a face might be. <laughs> but... What it lacked in verisimilitude, it made up for in creative vision. We marveled at this miraculous creation. He was so proud. And best of all, my independent squelching hands were clean. On the morning of the big dinosaur presentation, we were late to school because I hadn't factored in extra time for negotiating an entire universe into the back of a Subaru Forester. After parking illegally, I frantically told the kids to run, I'll carry the project. <laughs> Cal tried to interject, two people need to carry it. But we didn't, we didn't have the time. I can do it, I said firmly. We scurried past the principal's office, pivoted and careened towards Cal's classroom. You see this coming. <laughs> Unfortunately, the dinosaur universe careened in the opposite direction. In excruciating slow motion, the scotch tape severed. <laughs> the two platforms split, did separate double flips, and smashed to the floor with a thunderous crash. I stood paralyzed as May broke into tears and Cal bravely announced, we can fix it. <laughs> and started picking up the pieces. Other teachers, parents, and students appeared like EMTs in a natural disaster to help. <laughs> I surveyed the carnage. It might have been wacky before. <laughs> But now the dino universe looked like a bunker buster bomb blew up the Natural History Museum. <laughs> we finally made it to Kyle's classroom where his teacher, Wendy, not her real name for those of you in her class, looked, took the remains. <laughs> My mom broke it, so I don't want to present it anymore, he whispered. Wendy promised him that with some glue, some new Sculpey, and a bit of imagination, it would be good as new. He bristled when I apologized again. Wendy waved me off as if to say, haven't you done enough? <laughs> the 15 other second graders stared at me with eyes full of judgments, relieved that I wasn't their parents. I took the long walk of shame back to my car, feeling like the worst mother on earth. 
Then the phone call started. Word had apparently gotten out. Some parents were calling to express condolences, offering to come and sit with me, or bring me food. But many just wanted to hear the tale firsthand. Or say things like, I would kill myself if that happened to me. Or, can you tell the story again on speaker so my coworkers can hear it? I called my husband to tell him, forgetting his tendency to catastrophize even the most minor peccadilloes. Do you think he'll ever recover? Will this scar him for life? Do you still have that shrink's number? Oh no! I hung up. I spent the day confessing to everyone from parking lot attendants to baristas seeking absolution, but none came. Later that afternoon, I went back to school to view the Hall of Dinosaurs set up for parents to admire. I perused the glorious works of second grade art and quickly concluded that the parents were the real artists here. Con artists. What happened to zero interference? One dad whispered to me, you could tell which kids did the works all by themselves, as he videotaped his son's remote-controlled meat-chewing velociraptor. Several parents pointed to Cal's surprisingly well-rehabbed project and made exaggerated frowny faces and stage whispered, I'm so sorry. I felt like screaming. This is what it looked like before! It's only marginally worse than the original. Your kid's project would look like this, too, if you didn't project your own overachieving insecurities onto them. But I stood there and sucked up the shame. Cal appeared. I told you not to carry it on your own, Mommy, but you didn't listen. May arrived and piled on. Why didn't you listen to Cal? <laughs> By the time we got to the car, I'd said, I'm sorry, a thousand times. For the next few weeks, Cal used the incident like Dick Cheney used 9-11. <laughs> to justify all kinds of crazy illegal ideas. <laughs> I need to sleep in your bed because I'm so sad about my dinosaur project. Or, you did my homework, you broke my dino universe. Or, you destroyed my dinosaur, so I need an iPhone. I eventually responded, you must let this go. I've said sorry a zillion times, it's over. To which he would reply, it's not over for me. <laughs> the story is still legend around school. 
parents occasionally approach me and say, I heard an insane story about you. Is it true? Usually adding, that's my worst nightmare. Really? That's your worst nightmare? Am I the only one whose mind goes to the 32-year-old dog walker place? Here are some important lessons I learned from the experience. Number one, get to school on time. I find it's less embarrassing and far less risky than rushing through a quiet hallway screaming, hurry! Number two, Sculpey is extremely heavy, ridiculously expensive, and it breaks. The cheap stuff from Rite Aid is much cheaper and lighter and does not shatter. Even better, aim a little lower. A collage can really make an impact. Number three, when it comes to art projects, Go with your instincts and interfere with impunity. <laughs> All the parents do it, and there's no penalty. <laughs> Believe me, the pride your kid will feel displaying a masterpiece will trump the lost opportunity for independence. Number four, if you're artistic, artistically challenged, think creatively. The receptionist in your office with a flair for crafts could use a few extra dollars. <laughs> and Craigslist is a goldmine of idle artists. And finally, have your children's art projects wrapped in bubble wrap and delivered by professionals. Your kid will thank you later. Okay, for more information about Afterbirth, the book, the show, or to comment on the podcast, please go to www.afterbirthstories.com. Our next live Afterbirth show, which is actually a community magnet charter school fundraiser, We'll be back at the M Bar in Hollywood on Thursday night, May 10th. The number to call for reservations is 323-856-0036. And I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Bye.